going live. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Working Class Fishing Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brian. Over here to my left or right or wherever he is, is Mr. John Morris. And today our guest is the one and only Mr. Marty Miller, also known as Nymphtastic on Instagram. We've been good friends with Marty for, I think, a year, a little over a year. I don't know. Maybe maybe you and John go back further. But I know I've known you, Marty, for a year. Uh, we consider Marty to be the world's greatest Euronympher, hands down. That's <laughs> undisputed. Whether he wants to admit it or not, we, we uh, always go to Marty for advice on nymphing. And, and there's, there's a lot of guys out there, but uh, Marty knows how to catch fish and his intention is to catch fish. It's not to go out and stare at the sunset. So Marty, we're happy to have you on here. Thank you. Yeah, I definitely go to catch fish. I mean, like I told John plenty of times, I live in the woods. So if I wanted to just be in nature, I'd go stand in a mud puddle. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm literally there to catch fish i mean I, I enjoy the scenery but that's that's literally what i go for that's what got me into urine infant i used to you know i mean i can dry drop fish streamers whatever but you know urine nymphing is productive pretty much all the time i usually switch things up just for the hell of it but if so, it ain't working out i go get the trusty machine out of the car and usually lay the hammer down nice so um wanted to uh just ask you to tell everybody a little bit about yourself i mean i, I introduced you but where are you from when did you start fishing when did you get into fly fishing and how'd you get go down the deep dark rabbit hole of our addiction Oh, let's see. Well, it's born raised in Pennsylvania, and I'm still here. I've been fishing since I was about, I want to say I was three and a half when I caught my first fish, and it was a big old sucker, which would have been 1986, or my back of the picture might say May of 87. I would have to look. But I've always fished. I grew up fishing. I grew up that you pretty much fucking eat every fish you catch. That's the way I grew up. Um, my grandfather, he wasn't necessarily like that. He would keep big ones, but he did a lot of catch and release. My dad, he was, uh, you pretty much catch everything you eat it. You pay for a fishing license. Obviously, I wasn't that age. That was his, oh, got to pay for a fishing license, got to get groceries. Uh, so I always spin fish. I want to say it was probably about 12 when I asked my pap about the other fly rods in his gun cabinet and they were, was an old quick stick. I want to say it's like seven and a half foot. I still have it. I would say it would probably be like an eight or a nine weight, but that, you know, seventies looking rod. I don't even think it justify what the hell they even are on it. And then he has an old I believe it's a South Bend is what they are. And it's called the White Knight. And it's like an eight-foot glass rod. And I have that whole thing. I don't fish with it. I fish with it a couple times, but, you know, I just don't mess with it. I don't want to break it. But I asked him why he never used them, and he always used his spin rod. And he used a push button, and I have these 
two that were his, and he used the ones where the push button is actually on top of the handle. Interesting. But his theory was he got into fly fishing when he was younger, but he had bad eyes. He had glasses and everything. So he could do dry fly, but a lot of the stuff that he that they used, he said he couldn't see to tie on. So he drifted bait with the fly rods a couple of times, did a couple of dry flies, but he just stuck to his trusty spin rod and basically night crawlers, night crawlers on two-way spinners and he would actually fish, you know, small Rapalas and stuff and Joe flies. Um, I grew up that you could only catch a trout on a night crawler is what I always thought. You know what I mean? Like around a night crawler or a wax worm or a mill worm. Yeah, that's all my dad would fish. He was a big night crawler guy. And then it's like, I remember when I see my pap catch a brown trout on a Rapala that was a crayfish. And I was just like, how in the hell did that just happen now i'm really confused because i was younger it's like these sons of bitches are only supposed to eat night crawlers you know like this 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 one must be dumb but then i got a little bit older it was probably then when i asked about the fly rods i probably about 11 so we got one put it together it wasn't nothing fancy um there my pap lived to a place that was fly fishing only you know, catch and release, you know, it's basically, I mean, if anybody from Pennsylvania, they know where Boiling Springs is. It's a big spring lake. There's a run, the Yellow Breaches Creek runs back through there. It's a mile catch and release, plus the runs usually jack for fish. I mean, it's not like it used to be. Back when I started fishing it, I tell guys, like, you were literally allowed to keep one of them fish if it was 20 inches or over. It ain't, you know, there's some big fish to get put in there now, but it ain't nothing like it was. But so then I started fly fishing when I was like 12 and spin fishing. But I want to say what that would have been like 90, 95, 96. There wasn't YouTube or nothing. So getting information was like the hardest thing to do because all the guys that were at the creek, you would ask them. And it was like, you either like, just like stepped on their foot or they would just tell you, oh, they're on a midge. I'm 12 years old, what the hell's a midge? We'll go to the fly shop or over there, they'll tell you. So I went in there one time and say, say they're eating midges. So this guy gives me something that's like on a fucking hook that I didn't even know they made so small at the time. So I go back over there I didn't even have a line that could fit through this thing. So, I mean, basically, I was just started out fishing dries. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I didn't have no nymphs. Everybody I would talk to, they would give you advice. I had one guy tell me when I was younger, all you need is a pheasant tail, a mayfly, and uh, with uh, atoms, mm -hmm. you know? I, you know, then I think it was like when I was 13 or 14, I bought a pack of nymphs. I want to say it was like at a Walmart or something, you know, some bead heads or some princess in it. And I started messing with them and I couldn't catch a fish on it because they would never really sing. So then I, I remember asking someone and the guy goes, well, no, you don't use no weight. That's why it's called fly fishing. 
boy, was that son of a bitch wrong. I hope he got himself straightened out because obviously he had no idea either. Yeah. You know, it, it was so. I would just basically fish dries and then I would fish, you know, like a salmon egg or something on it, drift a salmon egg or do that. And then I got back into spin fishing. And then when I got into high school, I would play with the fly rod a little bit, but I got into like this mad bass cream of just throwing fucking torpedoes, topwater torpedoes, man, was my bait to go to because they just <laughs> cruise the bank and plunk, 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 and just boom. Yeah. So it was like I got on this big bass kick and I would fish for trout still. I would do a little bit of the fly, but it was mostly spin. I got I got into this big like ultralight spin game for trout with my one Fenwick and I would use Panther Martin 130 seconds, all silver spinners. And I would cut like the fucking fur or whatever was on the treble hook off of it. I just run all silver. And I would just run them all the time for trout. I mean, in February, I used to hook big brown trout that you, you wouldn't even think were in this damn tree. You know, I caught, showed someone where I caught a trout out of a little tributary that was probably no more than like, I want to say a foot and a half wide one time. I just kept walking way up the stream. And, you know, next thing you know, I, I just whipped this little one thirty seconds in there and started pulling it down. And like, out of nowhere, there's this 12 inch trout you know, like in this little undercut pothole from this little spring that was coming out. So then it's like, I basically focused on that a while in the bass and then missed, I got into like, I guess, with the Berkeley's power grubs. I think they call them Mr. Twisters or whatever. Like I used to fish them a lot. I remember one time I had like 55 largemouth in two hours, just fucking jacking them on them things. And it, and then I basically was turned into just like the weekend fisherman because I graduated, got a job, didn't have much time for stuff. Um, and then when I got my new job, I switched careers and uh, the manager displaced big time fly guy. And I told him, I said, well, I know how to fly fish pretty good. I just don't know the bugs and stuff and the whole nymphing deal, you know. And YouTube's been, YouTube's around now. But I never thought of getting back on there and even looking. Like, honestly, I just didn't even dawn on me. And he's like, oh, well, you need to come up. I live on Penns Creek, which if you live in Pennsylvania, you know where Penns Creek is. Blah, 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 blah. Well, I went up there and we went over to actually Spring Creek in Pennsylvania. And everybody knows that's Creek too, because Joe Humphrey fished that, made that pretty famous. And, uh, that's like the Pennsylvania crest bug, you know, Spring Creek. So we're fishing at Fly Fish Paradise or Fly Fisher's Paradise, whatever the little the catch and release area is there. I think the whole creek's catch and release, honestly. But, you know, I'm fishing. I have some nymphs on some weight. I, I stung a couple, didn't get nothing. It was cold as piss that day. Like I went up, it was the 2nd of March or 1st of March, but it was like still winter here. And then he only caught one fish. He was using a black woolly bugger. And then we continued to talk. And then he tied flies. And actually, I forgot I left this out. When I got into fly fishing when I was younger, I actually bought a fly tying kit at Walmart, which, you know, it was whatever. But, you know, I started tinkering with ties when I was like 12. But 
so I bought a new vice and stuff and I got back on it and it was probably like my third time fishing with him. I was, you know, just cranking him and he's, he was doing it for years. He was like a big mini guy and then got into fly fishing. Um, but he's like, yeah, the first time I fished with these, like, it wasn't like you didn't know what the hell you're doing. He's like, I already seen you like had all kinds of potential in you. I was like, yeah, I just always had the wrong information. It's like everybody I talked to, he didn't, they didn't, you know, know, I guess not on purpose. They were going by what they were told. And then other guys, I guess they just don't want you being part of it because it's another guy on the creek to them or whatever. You know, I said, that's the way I took it. But so then it just became this mad addiction of, Flying flies and going to the creek, you know, wooly buggers. Um, then you catch a fish on the first fly you tie, and then you're really it's, it's over after that. I mean, as soon as you catch a fish on a fly you tie, game over. I mean, that just really pushed it over the edge. So then I want to say it was about your own infant's been around forever. That's what people don't, a lot of people don't realize that. So I want to say it was probably around 2018. You know, I'm fishing just dry float line. And this guy's still fishing float line. And he's like, you ever, like, look into that urine infant stuff? I was like, yeah, it seems to be what everybody's doing. He's like, thinking about trying. So then we went on this, like, journey together. We didn't buy line. So we just get, like, mono and tie to the end of the fly line and have, like, 20 yards of mono connected to your dry. You know what I mean? You can still urine it that way. And then it went from there to actually getting the setups. And then it was like soon as like we both get dialed in, it's just been like Euro nymph nonstop. Now we do, I still dry drop and stuff. I mean, the way I have my Euro rod set up, I don't have it all mono rigged because some of the places I fish say that you can't have a leader no more than 18 feet. And if they're on dries, I can put a different leader right on the end of my loop and I can still fish a dry fly or dry drop with my Euro rig. So, but from there, it just went, it went crazy to, you know, how many fish can you catch in a year? How many fish you can catch in a day? What can you catch them on? I mean, it, it just it became unreal. It's like, you know, and I talked to people that, and I showed people how to Euro and M5 last year i taught a couple people how to just regular fly fish because they have float line uh one of the guys on instagram eight pound lines i pretty much showed him the ropes of euro nymphing he had a fly rod he just messaged me one day out of the blue because he seen i fished the same creeks he fished and he lives like 50 minutes from where i live and i was like yeah and he was tying flies and i was like talking to him and he's like yeah i just have my paths fly reel and fly rod whatever and i was like well that'll work and then one day we hooked up. So I took him to a place in Pennsylvania it's called Lee Torch Springs, which is actually a very intimidating spring water stream. You know, there's fish in there, but it's like one section you're always guaranteed. Other sections you can see them and they're just weird and you got to sort of know what you're doing. Well, I tie a crest bug up in there. It took me a while to get a pattern I liked and the color I wanted, but it seems to work no matter. Put it. So I put one on his fly rod and he's using float line. It's like, well, you're going to want to just get this down electric drill. So I'm above him just watching him. Next thing I know, he has a brown trout. He's like, oh my God, 
this is the first time I ever caught a fish on a fly in a fly rod, period. And I'm like, what? I said, you've been tying flies. Oh, I just tie woolly buggers and throw them on my spin rod. And I was like, are you serious? So it's like, from there, I was like, well, I started showing some other people. I showed Berger, um, PA River Monsters. I showed him a good bit and fished with him. And then from there, it's like people ask me stuff. And that's just basically how this whole big rabbit hole got started and got crazy, you know. I've had fish days last, was it last? No, the year before. The year before in April, I had 125 fish day. That's not, that's not including 50 I lost. You know what I mean? It's a lot of there's, fish. There's, you know what I mean? The guy I fish with, he's retired. I call him Trout Master. I believe his total number from last year, because he he does it and we do it every year. Just just I mean, don't they don't mean you're better than anybody. It's just like our inside thing. Like so, from January first to December thirty first, it's how many fish can you catch? I think his number last year for twenty twenty one was ten thousand one hundred and twenty one fish. Good job. Trout. Trout. That's trout. trout. That's trout. not counting chubs or whatever. He or says if it ain't a trout, it don't count. Wow. So, so it's like I get dialed in by some people that know what they're doing, you know. But yeah, that's what started the journey. It's like I started a journey by myself, looked for information, never happened. And then I just met the right person. And like it just clicked from there, you know. And I fish anything. I'm not, you know what I mean? I fish all flies. I don't care if it's an egg. I don't care if it's a moth. I don't care if it's squirmy. Squirmies seem to be the death of me, though, because it's like I never land them on a squirmy. I don't know why they always get off the net. But moth fly, I can pretty much moth the stream bottom with. Um, I fish a lot of nymphs. I'm usually never, ever fishing just one nymph because in Pennsylvania, if I'm correct, some people are telling me it's unlimited, but then another person tells me it's five. It used to be three, but I know it's five at least. So you can fish five flies at one time for sure. You know what I mean? My dropper will have three, four nymphs on it. You know what I mean? One anchor and then it's just going through, you know, and other people are like, well, don't you get tangled up? It's like, well, if there's not like a lot of undertow or the current's not all weird in the water, it's like the best way of process of elimination. Yeah. Because you're showing them four different things. Mm -hmm. And the way I look at it is if they only take one thing every time it comes down through, then I'm putting two of them same things on. You know what I mean? Because if yeah. I can catch two fish at once, great. Yeah. You know, I've had four triples on and you never land a triple. Either you're, they get off, one of them gets off, where one of them ends up breaking your tag somehow. You know what I mean? I've landed doubles. I've had triples on. I mean, that's the goal, a triple or a quadruple. You know, yeah. <laughs> if you're going to fish I mean, that many and, tags. And this, and this, is, cause this is how this guy fished normal float lines. So it's like, you know, I was always fishing one fly, teaching myself. And I went to him and right away, since he'd been doing it so long, First thing he does is he ties three flies on my leader. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, you're going to do it. You're going to do it right. He's like, 
you're going to have a hell of a mess right now. He's like, but you're going to get the mess out of the way right away because this is how you're going to be used to fishing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, and I talked to some guys out West and they're like, you know what I mean? And some of them guys are like, well, that's like impossible to fish that many flies at that time. And then some guys are like, if we were allowed to fish more than two flies in this creek, I would definitely yeah. be doing it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So like, there's another argument that people have, you know what I mean? But it's like, you know, if, if you do your leader right and you keep stepping down and keep that going, it's like, you know, you had a size 12 mayfly and then you got another one behind it and then then you can throw a spinner on that mm -hmm. and then you have an emerger on that. And then usually in the spring, I'm from fishing dry behind all that. I'm just swinging it on a wet fly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like there's like a theory, like some people say that will scare the fish. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? Cause I've caught fish that are wild trout that, you know what I mean? Unless you spook them, you know what I mean? Like, I've seen them go after some pretty crazy shit. Like I'll entice, like antagonize a hit with a wet fly. I had an old guy. He was probably a purist giving me the evil. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm fishing in ripples. Okay. And there's a hatch coming off. And you can just see the fish coming up. And this is the first time I realized suckers will take a dry fly. If you watch it, I have one on video somewhere. They come up and they whale it. They'll yeah. come up and they put their sucker straight down over top of that dry fly and go right down. Like it's it's incredible. I've watched it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've seen it. You know. So there's pretty fast current here, but you know, you can throw your dry fly up, electric down, they'll hit it, or you know what I mean? And I was I had a, a merger behind that. Well, I noticed as soon as the, I would stretch out, my emerger would get like slammed every time. So I took my dry fly off and just put on a wet fly. So I'm not even swinging. I'm just putting it in water and letting my line drift down and pulling it like this and just hammering it. And I'm just getting like this evil stare like, well, that's not how you're supposed to do it. It's like, where, where's the rule book at? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> That's you always know I mean? my. You know what I mean, I'm gonna fish just like a spinner if they're gonna take it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Any way they're gonna bite that, I'm gonna do it. Mm -hmm. Like I'm you, like that's just the way I look at it. And see, I think there's a lot of problems with people that want to get into it. They're told it's this way or that way. It's like, and there's where I'm like, what are you there for? And the first thing they say is, well, I'm there to catch a fish. Exactly. So who the hell cares how you got it to bite? That's the way I look at it, dude. Mop, mop flies hatch year round. Like I don't, I don't, I, I don't know what the big deal is with all these people. Like, well, I mean, I sent you a mop, and you told me you weren't having no luck, and you said I, you told me to put it on, and it changed your luck that day, dude. It it did. I uh, uh I'll I'll tell this little story. Marty knows this. Marty, I Marty is my pregame talk to the river and my postgame bitching from the river <laughs> and uh so i'm out on the river and i've been there i'm not even kidding uh i'm i'm not a good fisherman just throwing it out there don't don't guide with me um and it was like i was out there like eight hours on this fishing for trout and i had to call shit oh, i hadn't caught anything i couldn't catch a cold that day 
and uh, Marty had sent me these flies, and he sent me this mop fly. It's it's top secret. It's the juice, and they literally first first plug out there gets smashed, like just drains the bobber, and it's like a sixteen inch bow. And then it was literally every cast after that, just wearing these fish out. So yeah, Marty, uh, Marty put me on the fish that day, all the way from across the country. <laughs> <laughs> Called it. Yeah. Well, I figure they probably all eat the same. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the guy that taught me, he's he's fished Yellowstone out west. He was in. Oregon for Washington last year and he went up to one of them little ponds that are up there where there's rainbows in and he was just hammering them for like an hour and a half on a BWL mm-hmm. um you know My he's, pretty, <laughs> he, he's pretty much like fished everywhere and he always tells me it's like because besides like fishing at the beach a couple of times when I was younger it's like I've never fished out of Pennsylvania honestly I just never really explored you know, I was telling him, it's like, yeah, I think I'm going to just start exploring and going places, whatever. And he's like, yeah, do it one time. He's like, but I'm going to tell you, once you go there, you're going to realize the streams that I have around my house are no different. He's like, I fish the mountain streams out west. It's like, they're no different than the mountain streams here. The trout are pretty much the same size. He's like, he's like, it's cool to go. He's like, but, but, you know, I would like to go explore one one or two times or you know once every couple of years or whatever i'd like to get a cutthroat you know or yeah. or a pennsylvania fishing boat just start stocking them i mean I they, stock they, you, go to, you can go to tennessee <laughs> and get cutties now yeah they you just, know because i catch fish that look like them but i'm being told that's just a species of rainbow you know what i mean and have these big red slashes under them i have a couple of them posted on my instagram mm-hmm. i mean so i don't know i'm not in a fish biologist you know, yeah i will it, say that it, a it's seed. got some hellacious bright fluorescent things you know what i mean it's not like you know what i mean and then then i actually sent i seen a video one time and they're like cut bows have this yellow dot on their belly all the time so i sent this guy this picture i said well what about this one with this yellow dot he's like well shit i don't know now so well, i'm gonna tell you i caught this one no more than 10 minutes from my house I said after the stock truck went through. Well, who knows? It's like, you know what I mean? Where do their hatchery fish come from? I know they probably keep try to keep it what they want, but is that possible? I think they then, order the eggs. But then see and see, you guys are all state, right? Mm-hmm. See, our state stocks, but then you got private clubs. So who mm-hmm. the hell says what a private club gets? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because when we get tiger trout. I know a couple of streams where there is some natural ones that reproduce because there's browns and brookies that spawn in there, but they ain't like no huge one. They're probably like 10 inches, eight inches or whatever. It doesn't mean there ain't a tank in there somewhere. Doesn't mean there's a freaking, you know, fouls or pants are rolling around, whatever, you know, big old son of a bitch, but you know, you get tiger trout every once in a while. You used to, you know, they got stocked by a private club. Mm-hmm. I know a little stretch of stream that I don't tell anybody out that it's not stocked at all, but there, there's a club there. It has nothing to even do with fishing, but they buy 300 fish a year to put in the creek. You know what I mean? And they put tigers in, mm-hmm. you know, I just, you know, I know that I'm not going to say it on here. I mean, 
I don't know who's going to listen, but yeah, I mean, go find them. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm going to say. I got that information, you know, from a guy that's part of that club. And I was like, no shit. He's like, yeah, we put 300 fish in there a year. He's like, I never knew that. And there's wild browns and rookies in there on top of that. What, and what is that? Exactly, I huh? mean, just a, a question. What does that that creek feed into? Does it feed into a bigger river and then feed it into, feeds into a bigger creek? So bigger. it's a free stoner that feeds into a bigger creek. Okay. That we have browns that spawn in actually also. So this big creek, you know, filters some big browns. But, you know, people wouldn't think to go look at this creek. Mm-hmm. People fish it, don't get me wrong, yeah. because it's a free stoner. Because there's, mm-hmm. you know, they think wild browns, more brookies, whatever. And it's actually a nice creek. There's a lot of posted water on it. But, you know, I was like, no shit, you guys are dumping 300 fish in there a year. He's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, we put tigers in there. I was like, wow. <laughs> He's like, we don't put the little ones in. He's like, we put some like 18 to 22 inches in. Yeah. They, they want those big hogs to go play with. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that they don't catch them all out, but every stockfish, there's a couple that make it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. all the rainbows I catch, like, well, not all of them because I, there's streams that have wild bows in them that I fish, but most of the rainbows I, that have perfect fins or whatever, they're, they're a holder of a rainbow from a year or two yeah. before. You know what I mean? But then I have guys telling me that stock trout won't last a year. It's like, eh, I don't know where you got that, but that's definitely wrong too, bud. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Sounds like there's a lot of misinformation on like strength of species there. I, I It just sounds, I, I don't know. Um, well, here's where I would get this, someone. If stock trout can't make it, then why do we have browns and rainbows? Right. Because they were all stocked in Pennsylvania, period. Because brook trout is the only native trout to this state. Mm-hmm. They were originally put in there by someone. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were what? Introduced in the, I can't the remember. 1800s. 1800s, yeah. 1800s, the brown trouts were, you know what I mean? So they were stocked. So mm-hmm. they obviously can definitely survive. <laughs> I would love to know how they got them the hell over here. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like 1800s on a boat back in that day. And it wasn't like, hey, we're coming across and we're going to be there in three days. You know what I mean? Like they're looking yeah. at the moon and the stars and shit going, well, this storm's blowing us back towards Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> we'll probably get there in two months. How do the fish look? How the hell? They look good, actually. Yeah. Well, we have to eat them. We have to eat them. We'll get them yeah. next time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, we I mean, got you everything, but the fish died on the trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why well, there's a hardcore fishing guy on a boat down there in the green cellar, fucking beating a rat over the head and ripping it across yeah. the brown trout. You know I mean? yeah. That's where mousing came from. Yeah. <laughs> down there, sitting down there with a string and a stick, you know, jerking yeah. it through the. Well, I, I, I've heard in the past. I could be wrong. I'm just going off memory because now we're talking about like transiting trout around. I heard that they would spawn out trout here on the West Coast and they would put them on a ship. Uh, well, not, uh, they send the eggs that had been fertilized. Okay. I believe it was in mason jars even. I, I don't quote me on that, but it's, 
for whatever reason, that just rings a bell. They took fertilized eggs out of rainbows, put them in mason jars, and sent them to places like New Zealand and Japan and Eastern Russia, all over the Pacific, which, you know, I mean, then, then it's like, okay, well, now everything in the hatchery is real critical to survival. They watch water temperature, flow, oxygenation, pH, you know, turbidity, all these different things in, in the incubation phase of those eggs. And you're telling me that they just took these fertilized eggs, slapped them in a jar, screwed the lid shut, threw them on a boat across the ocean. I mean, that, that has to tell you something about the strength of a fertilized fish embryo. If, if, I mean, it's, look at, look at the fish in New Zealand. Holy Christ. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll never see anything that big here ever. Yeah. They got, they got some tanks. Cause I follow a New Zealand guy. We follow yeah. each other. I talk to him. Yeah. And I actually talked to some, a couple of New Zealand guys actually. It's like them, them trout there are like, you know what I mean? But here's 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 the question I have, because if I'm correct, I'm almost positive I'm correct, but I could be wrong. Them rainbows are sea ran in New Zealand. Okay. They come in out of the ocean. It's the Pacific. They call them rainbow trout. Why don't they call them steelhead? Because yeah. it's the same thing that's happening on your west coast. Mm-hmm. And it's the same ocean. Yeah. So if they are sea-run rainbows, then by all accounts, they should be steelhead. I mean, because some of them look just like West Coast rainbows, but they all call them rainbows. They don't call them steelhead there. Which is really strange because, yeah, anything, well, age of debate, West thing, and I'll let you get in on this, John. We're just (laughs) going over Adromatous fish. Um, Okay, bull trout. Everybody drools and slobbers over a bull trout but everybody forgets about the dolly varden i was gonna say aren't they a dolly varden so bull trout are like rainbow trout they never leave the freshwater system they get big though i mean they're highly predatory a dolly varden goes out into the ocean they get really big and they get really mean and they get real nasty and they come back and they destroy whatever gets in their path Kind of like a steelhead. I think steelhead's a little more selective. I think uh, when you do find that elusive, you know, sea-run bull trout at Dolly Varden, um, they are a pretty juiced-up, mean fish, <laughs> uh, to say the least. They, they've had to survive out in the ocean. The ocean's unforgiving. Um, but it, it, it always surprises me uh, with, with those types of things. And a lot of people would say that the Great Lakes steelhead are not steelhead they're just giant rainbow trout because they never went to salt water however they did go out into a large body of water and they fed on crustaceans so is that the defining fact i don't know i mean i'm not a fish biologist but i believe you guys have freshwater shrimp in lake erie don't you i don't know actually i would hell who knows what the hell's in erie i think in the 70s it used to just be pollution yeah i mean like there's all kinds of industrial waste from pittsburgh you know just you know steel slag and everything else yeah there's lampreys you know there's a lot of guys nail them on stone flies uh freshwater shrimp you know possibly 
I mean, I'd have to look. I just don't look at that stuff, honestly. Right. You know, like, what? where did the name Steelhead come from just because your rainbows are all chrome looking? So someone, you know what I mean? Like, what What made that name? I, I'd have to go back and look. I, I know that there's a specific reason why they call them a Steelhead. And I can't remember off the top of my head. But I, <laughs> I, I I've looked at it. I'm like, well, what the hell? Why, why do they call it a Steelhead? Is that because when they hauled them up on the boat and beat the hell out of them, you know, they wouldn't die. Or, I mean, that's the, you know, is that back in the day, but there, there was another reason why they called them steelhead. I, I would have to, I would have to find out. I'd have to go back and look at that. <clears throat> Marty. So dude, help us out here. Um, how do you rig a Euro rod? And I, I know there's different, I know that's a pretty broad ass question, but there's a lot of dudes that are going to listen to this. I say a lot of dudes. There's going to be six people that listen to this, and they ain't going to know a damn thing about Euro, uh, Euro fishing. So, dude, can you give us a little insight on maybe how you rig and different ways of doing it? Well, I use Euroline, and like I said earlier, I use Euroline because a couple of the places that I fish say that you can't have a leader longer than 18 feet. If it, they didn't say that, I would have straight mono on the whole reel. Um, that's why I'm not buying another Euro rod, actually. So I'm just going to have a straight mono setup. So I basically go to a little butt section of a leader. Uh, George Daniels does a whole video on it. Yeah, set up like that. I pretty much set up like him. So I got like a four-foot piece of a nine-foot 4X leader. That it, Well, it's not even four. It's probably more like a foot and a half to two foot cut and then from there i have um blood knot to a cider and then at the end of that cider i have a tippet ring and it's just mono so so what is this seven x so cider is just like that are those furled or is it just like it's just it's just just colored monofilament or yeah mono or Hell, I don't even know. My, they might even have fluorocarbon cider material. I'd have to look at my cider stuff, actually, because you can just buy it on spool, and now you can buy cider that's in 6X, 7X, whatever. So, like, that's what I'm saying. You're better off going mono. The only reason I don't is, like, in a rod is because some of the areas I fish that you can't have a leader over 18 foot. Are you going to get caught? Probably not, but a guy that fishes every day would be the lucky one that they'd be like, oh, look what you're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm still catching plenty of fish with the way I do it. So I'm pretty much set up like a lot of the competition anglers have it set up, but I don't do competitions. But the reason is, is because of this, you know, some of the signs that I see hanging in the creeks and I just figure then I don't have to deal with it, you know? But yeah, I so, mean, it's just, I just keep it simple. You know I mean? so, is it the right way? Maybe not, but it works. It works for me. There's like, there's, so many ways people set up like the guy that taught me he uses a four weight to urinate and weight forward line and at the end of that he ties uh 20 yards of mono to it and then puts a cider on in his you know his uh tippet because then if they're taking dries that day, you know what I mean? And you want to do something different or dry drop. All you do is you take your mono off 
and you wrap it up. That's what he does. It puts it in his pocket. And actually, he don't even take his mono off. That he has like a he connects it to a tippet ring actually, and you just snip it there at the ring, and now you're ready to go like a regular dry fly rod. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and the way I'm set up, I can do that too because I'm just loop connected. So I can take that little butt section of leader off and put on a normal length leader and I can fish a dry all day because that Euro line actually floats. It's just really thin and it don't shoot back through your guides. So, so the, instead of carrying two rods around like I used to or three, I pretty much can do everything with one. I'm going to tell you right now, eight pound line is my witness. He seen me throw meat on my Euro rod. Very unorthodox, but it's still slung out there. You know what I mean? Because I went through this whole did everything, did everything, didn't take nothing. It's like, well, maybe they want a big streamer. You know what I mean? The problem with a three weight or, you know, is it's not that I don't think that you can't throw the stuff. It's trying to strip set into something that's big because you got all that flex yep. and that hard, hard mouth. So you just basically there's just so much give that you're not getting any pressure in there. Why? Like you should be, but yeah, I mean, I've done on some unorthodox stuff with my, <laughs> you're a rod. You know I mean, like Jake and streamers is a big thing. I mean the fly fishing magazine, that's the whole big article of this month and next month when Jake and streamers, you know what I mean? I just sold streamers to a guy. He messaged me. He bought a Euro rod and offered your own infant just to jig the streamers like they do with them now. You know what I mean? And I sold him streamers to do that, you know, and he showed me pictures of, you know, brown trout with my streamers in the mouth. It's like, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. See, I do that sometimes, but like I said, I fish them Euro jig streamers totally different most of the time because I'm bringing it down through the hole as my point fly. And above that, I got a nymph and above that I got an egg or whatever. And whatever they want, they're going to take. Mm -hmm. I mean, two weeks ago, it was like Pat's rubber legs were on like the hit list. You know, it was like, oh, Pat's, I got to eat it. It's like I had two brown trout come up and hit that thing. And we're talking, it was cold, cold. The water temperature is probably like 35 degrees. Two of them came charging up out of this hole that I can't even see the bottom in. It's like this under this cutout where this tree comes over. It's probably maybe six feet. I mean, it's not ungodly deep, but it my patch sunk. You know what I mean? This is a three or actually no, it's 4.5 millimeter tungsten bead with 13 wraps of 15,000 non-lead wire on it. Like this brown trout charged it when it was no more than like a foot underneath the water out of nowhere. And I'm just like, what the hell is going on today? Like, you guys should be shut down. It's like, you know, wintertime, you know, I'm using this big patch in case you want a big old healthy mill dragon down through here. And it's like, you're fucking coming up like this emerger's coming out of the water. You are going to miss your opportunity for a mill. <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. Like, the more you fish, the more you see. So then it's like, the more you see, then it's like, the more you go down this rabbit hole of all this information you hear and you go, well, it's true, but then it's not true also, you know? So it's like, there's a right way to do stuff, but there's so many ways you can catch a fish that it don't even, you would just think like, well, I was told that wouldn't work. 
Dude, you know, it's like Kelly Gallup said recently. He was like talking about where he's been finding fish. You know, like when he was guiding, he was he was just doing it all wrong. He was talking about, you know, like you you see all these people fishing this one this one deep like cut and riffle and bubble line and stuff, but you never see anyone fishing the other side because it's fast and you don't have a lot of time to really fish it. And he was like, but that's where you catch the big fish is where no one's fishing because every, you know, everyone says like this side of the river is where you catch all the fish. So that's where everyone's fishing. But the other side is where you catch all these giants. And it's just, I don't know, dude, it's like everyone's got an opinion on it, which is fine. You know, everyone can have an opinion on how to fish and what they think is right. But then it's like, you get out there and you you try to fish off that that information you've been giving and you don't catch shit. It's like I don't think they lied to me. I mean, it was maybe it was working for him, but you got you got to you got to fish how you want to fish. You know, like Marty, you're always throwing wild shit. I mean, honestly. Like you, you got your like standard stuff and then, but you mess around a lot just to see and learn. Well, and, I'm going to tell you where this is coming from. Cause I think it does matter sometimes, but I want to say 95% of the time it's drift. It's drift. Is it easy for them to get? Is it where they want it? We're going to put it in their mouth. And then if it is keying into a specific nymph, I don't think it has to be a specific nymph. I think it just has to be similar to that size and color. You know what I mean? Like all these betises are coming down and they're fucking all of in they're like a size 16 or 18 in real life. So if you would put a size 18 hook on with a fucking wrap and olive string around it and made it just a little bit, you know, have some meat to it, they're probably going to put it in their fucking mouth if you get it where they want it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I cut a fucking fish's belly open once. You know what I mean? Don't be afraid to kill one. I mean, oh my God, I shouldn't have said that, but you're going to find that motherfucker eat rocks, sticks, yeah. leaves. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I think I, I found a fucking diamond one once. Yeah. A diamond. Hey, right there's your Panther Martin's 132nd on spinner all day, silver. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, well, it's like people don't realize they're an animal. There's not trout, and this people probably don't hate me. I don't think they're as smart as they make them out to be. Really. They're not. They gotta so, survive. They yeah. gotta survive. So they're, you know I what think, I mean? Like, their mouth when, and shit. Yeah. I, you know, to, to echo that sediment, I, I don't think it's that they're hard to catch. I think that there's areas where they're just not there. That's what I think. I hear people say, well, they're, they're real tricky to catch. I don't buy that because when they're there and you're doing everything right, they're biting. I think when you're in an area where you're not getting hit, let's say you go work a mile of river and you're not getting bit there. I'm going to venture to say nine times out of 10, there's just no fish in the area that you're fishing. 
And it's like, okay, you got to move on. It, it's just what it is. So yeah, to, to echo that, I've heard of people cutting open stomachs on fish and finding like ballpoint pen caps in their stomach and um, uh, cigarette butts. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, there's there's bite windows and stuff where, you know, they're more active or whatever this time or, you know what I mean? But it's just, I, I basically think it boils more down to like, where are they laying? Okay, you, you, you're fishing your same hole you always do where you always pull three or four out every time guaranteed and you just didn't catch nothing. They're there. They might just be on the far side in the seam where you don't think they're laying for some reason. You know what I mean? Why, why they're over there? Maybe the undertow's different that day. Maybe a fucking stick got pushed downstream and now it's hung up there. So now the current's coming off that different. I caught a Palomino last year. Not a big one. The current's coming down and there's a stump that sticks out and the undertow made the current split. So you had your normal drift like you would see going downstream and where the stick was sticking out before the stump made current go straight towards the bank. And I only knew this because there's this fucking yellow fish laying facing me. Say, like, oh, you're laying sideways in the current. Yeah, you're not laying sideways in the current. I know what's going on there. So it's like, you're never catching him all day trying to drift normal. You know what I mean? I watched, you know what I mean? Just to see if he would come out of like, because technically this current would come by. So all he'd have to do is charge forward. You know what I mean? To grab it. I could see my nymph go by. You know what I mean? Every time he just look at it. So then I figured if you just had this little window of opportunity to plop your shit in right behind that stick where you would get in that drift, it went straight back. First time in there, boom. He was on. You know what I mean? I don't, it, it's, you have no idea what's going on underneath that water. Yeah. You can read water all day and it could fish like this for weeks. It rains. Something washes in, some hillbilly comes by and throws his fucking mattress in there and a couple used car tires because he didn't want to take it to the dump. Now yeah. you got something, you know what I mean? Now you got currents brewing this way where it wasn't. So they could be laying in angles now instead of straight like they always are. Like you, shit changes under there. And a lot yeah. of people don't realize that. That's usually when I go in and I fish a hole, I pick apart every section. You know what I mean? Like, Last time I was out fishing, well, not before Christmas, I walked up through, I haven't been up through in a while, but I know there's a lot of wild browns up there, you know, they weren't in the deep holes at all. And it's December. The, these browns, you know what I mean? And you can't see them in eight inches of water or a foot of water, unless you're sitting there staring for a long time. You know what I mean? I would drift the main hole. And then, you know what I mean? I'm, you know, stealthy about it. I throw my nymphs in the, the water that's like a foot deep, just ripples along the bank. Boom. You know what I mean? Like they move around. You know what I mean? If they don't have to be in the deep hole, they're not going to be in the deep hole. If they want to go lay in the, the shallower stuff, they're going to go lay in the shallower stuff. You know, it's like fishing muddy water. I fished muddy water last year, flooded. You know, I've, everybody says go dark, you know, that, that's true. You know what I mean? I caught a lot of stuff on chocolate milk water with dark. I've fished down through fishing, uh, 
black wooly bugger and a like a black nymph. I caught one fish, got the whole way down. Seen another guy, your own infant, he's a younger kid. I know who he is. It's like the only time I ever seen someone else urine infant ever around my area. And he catches a fish and then it's like nothing. So I go back up to where I started and I put on this fucking egg I tie and it's bright. I went back down through and caught 23 fish, fish in the same water I just fished. It's one change. All at the bank. And I knew I knew to fish the bank on the way down through, but you know what I mean? Literally, this guy pulls in because there's a parking lot here because this is stock trout water. And we're talking, we're in the prime of our trout stocking season, you know, when the people come out with their fishing license because fishing season here is only in from April to June when it's really in basically from the first day of April to, I don't know what it's going to be this year, but it's usually in from the first day of April to the it only closes for a month in March. Last year, they closed it in the middle of February. It used to be like February 4th to April something, you know, closed. Not everywhere, just certain streams that were getting stocked so people couldn't go in and poach. But I'm fishing this chocolate milk. This guy pulls in, pulls up. He's like, is that even fishable? Next thing you know, my rod's bending there. He's just looking. It's like, they have to eat. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand it. <laughs> Off he went. It's like, Go back home and sit in your lazy boy pops. Yeah, it's just like, you know, like and, there, and there's the thing, like, yeah, you're gonna fish water like that, and it's gonna be intimidating. You you probably gonna have some really shady days. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. once you catch a couple fish in water like that, that opens you up more. Also, yeah, be better because you realize. They still got to eat in this. Mm-hmm. You just need to find them. And I ain't no secret. I mean, some people probably don't know this, but I tell a lot of people, they're at your feet. Yeah. If it's high and it's raging, they're at your feet. They come to the bank. And if they ain't at the bank, you look for a little side stream that's going in that son of a bitch because they just pulled off the interstate and they're going on the back road until yeah. stuff calms down. Yeah. And, and then they'll come back out. You know, you just got to be smart about it. But yeah, it's like that totally blew my mind because I was always fishing dark, high, dirty chocolate, milk, coffee, water, whatever you want to call it. And I just put on this bright egg I tie. I don't want to give the exact recipe out. My my CPA River Monsters just hammering big wild rainbows on it now. They just put up that was definitely on my egg. I got the message. But, uh, I was just like, thought they weren't supposed to be able to see this in this water. And then it's like, if you really start looking at it, it really sort of sticks out because Mm -hmm. you got something that's fluorescent and bright in chocolate that don't match either. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just little stupid, simple stuff like that. And it's like, and that helps you be better at fishing too. I mean, you can't just always want to fish. You know what I mean? You got the guys that, Oh, the stream ain't good today. It's high or whatever. It's like I get in these hankerings where I prefer it to be fucked up because mm-hmm. it's just like a challenge. Well, you know I mean? and here's the other thing: when it's messed up, if there's big ones around that you don't know about it, 
higher chances of getting one of them too mm -hmm. because they're coming out. They ain't got nothing to worry about. Nothing can see them. The water's shit looking. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't have to worry about birds of prey when the water's high and muddy. It's like fishing at night. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're coming out and they're going to eat. You know what I mean? They can't see you. You can't see them. They can see probably a foot in front of them and fill with their lateral line, however far they can fill. I think that's what a lot of them, you know what I mean? That That's, I think, one of the biggest keys on them is they know where everything is with that thing. But, you know, it's, if, if, if they feed at night, why would they not feed in dirty water? Right. Because they only see in black and white from dusk to dawn. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? They see in color during the day. That's what I was, I was, uh, Bryce Miller sent me some flies one time, sent me some stimulators and he sent me this sulfur emerger type deal. He wanted me to try out and they were started hitting dries right as it started getting dark. And I knew what they were hitting. They were hitting these little caddises. I had nowhere near the color. So I put his flies on and started catching them. And I told him, I said, I figured I would get some on your dry flies. I said, but you know what I mean? They'll definitely work. I said, but here's a little secret. When they can only see black and white, what the hell color does it matter? It is. Yeah. They're looking at a profile. You know what I mean? Like fishing white flies over the summer this year with a headlamp. White flies are white. You know, I was fishing a white fly, but you know what I ended up putting on? A stimulator. Floats longer. Yeah. It got crushed. Yeah. There, you know, the purists are going to be like, well, but we, you know what I mean? Like, I talk to them guys. They're pretty cool. And, and the way they think of it is, is we can catch a fish on an imp. We can catch a fish on this. They're going through and catching a fish on every species of bug that hatches. That's their thought of it. Not that, you know what I mean? They're, they're hatch fishermen. You know what I mean? Like BWOs are coming off at this time. Then the softwares are spraying. Yeah. But in between midday, there was uh, spotted sedge everywhere. Little cream caddis. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they're there. Not that they're matching the hatch. That's their thing. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, you know, the granum caddises are hatching this month. Like, that's what they do. Like, the green drake. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's a big thing over here. You know what I mean? Like, we're only I just think of all drakes. that. It's like, it's like, well, fuck, you're only fishing a green drake. But, you know, I just caught five trout on a fucking stimulator. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's just have all the best of every world and put it on one bug and swing it. <laughs> I told eight pound line, so a lot of people would hate me for this. I said the ultimate fly is a stimulator in like five different sizes and five different colors. Yeah. I said, you got everything covered. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, if it, <laughs> let me ask you this then, Marty. What, what would be your top, if let's say, uh, Let's use the, the hypothetical. You're stuck on a desert island and you got five flies. What would be your five flies? Well, if I'm stuck on a desert island, that's fucking salt water. So, uh... <laughs> well, let's say you're stuck on, on Grand Isle in the middle of Lake Michigan, freshwater. If it was for trout, I would want a mop fly, definitely, because you know what I mean? 
I'd want a mop fly. I would want a woolly bugger. Probably in, in, you know what I mean? Like, you can't go wrong with that. And if I had to pick two nymphs, I would go with your pheasant tail and hares here because you got two different shades there and an egg. You know, the wooly bugger, that's where you'd have to sort of think about color because you'd have to sort of want to get like, if I was on a pick a wooly bugger, it would have to be olive and some black in it and a little bit of flash. So it could be a leash, leech. Maybe they think it's a crayfish or I could strip it and maybe they think it's a bait fish trying to get away or whatever. Mop flies, they just fucking work. I don't care what they think they are. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? They think it's a grub. They think it's a night crawler. You know what I mean? Whatever. Yeah. They just hammer it. Sometimes I think they think it's an egg cluster. If you're using a different color one, why can't yeah. it be? They like like that that orange mop fly monstrosity that we were tying in October. Dude, like your the the candy corn mops we were tying. I wore trout out on those. Literally, as soon as it was hitting the water, they were taking it. It didn't make any sense at all. But it's a mop fly. What, colors, what, color, what color are eggs a lot of people fish, though? Orange, yellow, red. I would say orange and pink are your number, like, one go-to eggs. I'm going to be honest with you. Besides the one I tie up, it's a little crazy, and I got a new recipe for another one. I destroy on a yellow egg. My theory is, why is corn work? They think it's an egg. Mm -hmm. They ain't saying, here comes some sweet corn by the <laughs> Jolly Green Giant or yeah. Great Value. They're yeah. saying, here comes some sucker spawn. Look at sucker spawn. Yeah, Sucker spawn's yellow. The sucker spawn I seen was yellow, and I know or because I caught a sucker and the eggs were coming out of it. Or you know what yellow. else is yellow? Chub. Chub yeah. eggs are yellow. You know how I know? Because I caught a chub last year. And it was yellow eggs everywhere. So there's probably a lot of stuff that have yellow eggs. You know, oh, trout eggs are like this. white fish. White fish have them too. Yeah, I don't know what color our fall fish eggs are. That would be like sort of like your white fish, but you know, but like trout eggs are like this translucent brownish orange. You know what I mean? I've seen come out of them already so but i would say you know i seen yellow eggs coming out of two things that are in a lot of creek you can't go wrong with a yellow egg yeah and i don't fish a big egg most of the time it's just a little well was two months ago actually i had john was talking to john at the stream fishing one-handed yeah <laughs> Trying to show them the ropes, catching fish, you know. Right there. Yeah. That's you an know, size 16 hook. You know what that is? It's a yellow pom-pom. Yeah. That's a lot of steelhead. I don't care. This is probably those. the only box you need for yeah. trout. <laughs> You know what I mean? And it's like, look at my 960 box. It's got one whole side, it's just full of junk. Yeah. And it's got a bunch of nymphs. You know, I fish a lot of cream, cream eggs. 
Them two big browns I posted last time, right there. Yeah. Why? They either think it's a dead egg because a dead egg's like clear or white in the water, or B, I fish that color a lot because a lot of the catch and release areas, people are there and there's ducks there and they feed the shit. They throw bread in the water all the time. So yeah. do they think it's an egg or bread? Food. I fish both ways. It can be bread or an egg. I don't care as long as they're bending <laughs> my boat. Yeah. I told many guys that at the one place. It's like, they're like, why? What, what, what is up with that cream? It's like, how many people throw bread in the water? Oh my God. Yeah. I thought of that. It's like, well, that's where you got to think. Like, are they eating it because they think it's an egg? Probably not. They're eating it because they just seen seven people throw wholesome in here the last two days. You know what I mean? Matching the hatch. <laughs> matching the hatch. Exactly. Exactly. I'm matching the hatch. You know what I mean? But that that's true. I mean, right, right here's one of your the zippers you were just talking about, the orange mop. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Bart Lombardo ties the Cheerio fly. It's matching the hatch, dude. It's like yeah. <laughs> it's like a toddler wiped their uh, tray off into the river or something. Yeah. Like this here is a killer egg. The inside's yeah. orange and the outside's like that is that that oh, one I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> that does some damage. Palominos <laughs> sort of can't res like fucking refuse it. You know what I mean? I've seen them come like seven feet out of their lies already. Like, yeah, oh my god, <laughs> that's everything I was looking for the last couple days. You know. Yeah. Besides one brown trout, I caught an eighteen and a half inch wild brownie on a size eighteen caddis emerger and cream. And I was fishing one day, and I seen them taking caddis along the bank. I didn't even know this guy was laying over there. I just got done re-rigging because I noticed I had some uh, nicks in my leader. And it's like, I'm going to throw one of these little wet fly caddises I just tied on. First cast over there, this this brown smokes it. Then I realized this wasn't a small one. I mean, it ain't the biggest, but 18 and a half inch wild brown. So that got me pumped because that was the first wet fly that I tied that caught a big fish and it was a size 18. Mm -hmm. you know I mean? So here's a big fish eating something small. Well, I don't eat fish that fly anymore. I have it in a box somewhere to never be used. You know what I mean? Just that's just the way it is. Dude, so all them other big browns I catch, all them other big browns I catch, every single one of them was on an egg or a mop. That's after nymphs went through there plenty of times. It's like most of the time I will fish nymphs. And if I'm in a hole, and, and I'll even do this, I'll fish nymphs and I'll go down through. And then it's, I, well, I fish upstream because I nymph. This gets you bitched out to the creek a lot of times too, if you're nymphing, because you got all these guys coming down swinging flies or with spin gear or whatever, and they all fish downstream and you're fishing up. behind them to cast but hey yeah that's just the way i think and you know what i mean but so what i'll do is i'll 
I'll fish nymphs up through and then I'll swing stuff down down through. But most of the time I'll fish nymphs to see. And it's like there's so many times I'm in a hole where I'll catch fish, but I know there's more in there. I can see them laying in there. And it's like you put on a mop, it's like game over. It's like, why did you not want something natural looking at? And I'm not saying a mop's not natural sometimes to whatever they could be eating but it's just like like when i took eight pound line fishing and i didn't take my rod i just netted fish and he gave me his rod a couple times and every time he gave it to me and poor boy where did i have her bang and it's like glasses are a big thing to me i mean i hear a lot of people say oh you know what i mean this 100 you don't have coasters you're missing out i don't care if they're 200 you do not understand after you look through them because he's wearing his polarized glasses that are like 50 bucks. And I'm like, there is literally 70 trout laying on that side. Well, I don't see them. I see like two. So give me a rod. Boom. Every cast. And he's like, I need to get better glasses. That's what I'm telling you. You know? Um, if you don't want to spend a lot of money, I mean, these are pretty good. I got them Torage or Torig or whatever. They work pretty good. They're they're a hell of a lot lighter than glass frame coasters. But I'm going to tell you, after I upgraded glasses a while ago, that was a big game changer too. Because I've walked by so many fish that I would have never imagined. And it's well, you know what I mean. And you don't have to buy glasses, but I'm saying if you're going to be serious, buy them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you lose them, that that sucks. But I was in the predicament, I look at this way. I buy three pair of $20 glasses every year, and I don't give a shit about them because they're only 20 bucks or 30 bucks. So I just whip them in the car, do this, they're all scratched up. Or I bought a 200, I got an expensive pair of coasters, let's just say that. And they live in the case or on my head. And I've had them for two years and I haven't lost them or whatever. You know what I mean? So in the long run, in them two years, I would have had as much money into cheap glasses as what I have into just buying one good pair. If you see what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, it's like, I mean, when I got started, when I was fresh to fly fishing is when me and Marty met. And not that I'm like, not still a spring chicken in the world of fly fishing, but, you know, Marty really encouraged me. He's like, dude, don't, don't buy that rod. He's like, just save, just, you know, save a couple more paychecks and get something you want and that you can actually use. But, but dudes, it's a, we're getting pretty, pretty far into this here, um, Marty. I think we'll do a part two or something here soon. Um, but, dude, uh, to anyone, you got any words of wisdom you want to share on uh, before we uh, start getting ready to close this out? Well, if you're on a fly fish, stick with it and don't get discouraged because we were all there. There's no way around it. And don't just listen to one person because that person might have gave you bad advice and he might not have gave it you bad advice on purpose. He might be going off of by what he was always told. 
You know what I mean? Like you hear that all the time at the stream also, you know, sometimes like, well, that's not my way. My grandpappy told me to do it. It's like, well, I understand family tradition, but it, you, know, you do it this way, you're going to have a lot more success. You know what I mean? But, but oh, just, and, and don't be afraid to ask people. You're going to run into dicks. That's how I met Burger. Burger's fishing. I taught him like pretty much a lot of stuff he knows. I met him in a catch and release. Seen him over with a bunch of guys with like thousands of dollar gear. He was talking to them and I was just like, what the hell's going on here? Fucking team fashion is what I call them. Cause mm -hmm. they got fucking more gear that they even even know how to use. Yeah. I don't, I don't get the point of that. And I like expensive gear. I'm not, to, don't get me wrong. You don't need it. But after you do it for a while, you will know the difference between a thousand dollar rod and a $300 rod. And I don't care who you are. You'll notice that this does shoot line better, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You don't need that. You don't need that ever in your life. A good $300 rod will do you good. But if you're going to be serious about it and you want to save your money up and get it and you're in the hobby, you will notice the difference with more expensive gear. There's no ifs, ands, or buts, but that's how I met him. And it's like, next thing I know, he's like walking down towards me and I'm like, catch a fish. And he's like talking. And it's like, he said something. And I was like, well, I caught 65 out of here yesterday. 65 is like, yeah. He's like, this is my first day fly fish and I'm just trying to get the trick. Then I realized he was asking them guys for help, basically. And they basically just shoved it up his ass. I crossed the stream, take his rod, let me look at his leader, tie shit on, show him how to mend, like all kinds of stuff. You know what I mean? I've, I've fished with Burger. Burger's meant trout master. I mean, he's a young kid, probably 19 now. He goes to college. I took him to some of the streams that, that you know, only me or Chopmaster can get in on or whatever because they're posted. But, like, you know, he's he definitely serious about it. He's a big, smallmouth bait casting young mm -hmm. guy. You know what I mean? But that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I realized he was asking people that looked like they knew what they were doing and how they might have knew what they were doing. But they wanted no parts of this young man that had like fucking cheap frog tog waders on at the time and a Cabela's combo. Mm -hmm. They wanted no parts of them. Why? Because I'm going to tell you, you start looking at his feed, he been tearing it up. You know what I mean? And Because he'll listen to you too. I mean, he's called me already. He's like, I'm going to catch him on release and these two old guys are threatening to kick my ass telling me I'm using bait. He's like, and I'm just using nymphs. I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. You know, like, you know, it, 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 and he's a good kid. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like he don't pick fights or do anything. And it's like, he always runs into these guys. It, he listens to what people gave him and he likes to fish and he hammers fish. You know what I mean? He's only been fishing for like a year and he hammers fish now. You know what I mean? But he always runs into these guys that just like, well, you can't fish here. What are you doing? It's like, I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't get it, man. They're just, you know, you just got to ignore that stuff. But it's like, you know what I mean? He, he's matched me a couple of times. He's like, what do I do? This, this guy, this, this older guy, like, no, nah, I'm not saying older. I'm probably saying my age. Like, you know what I mean? I'm 38. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm saying like, guys are like 40 to 45. He's like, basically threatening to kick my ass, you know, cause I'm fishing like 20 feet down from him on the other side of the Creek. And he wasn't even standing there when I came out. It's like, it's catch and release. It's not even, there's no secret. Yeah. There's no secret here. You got to throw all the fish back. 
and mm-hmm. two there's there's no secret you know it's like that guy's just ignore me you know what i mean he's probably getting bent out of shape because you're catching fish then he went down to the bigger part and he's like he caught two palominas back to back i'm getting a message they're telling me i'm using bait it's like ignore him you don't have bait on you i know you don't it's just like you know what i mean like why do people have to go that route? I can tell you what I would be doing if I was down there and I seen someone hammering fucking fish and I was down there for an hour fishing. Ooh, if you don't mind me asking, what are you using? Yeah. Because I've been that here would be the hour. smart thing to do. I've yeah. been here an hour and I sort of know what I'm doing, but I can't buy a hit drifting mm-hmm. my debit card down through this damn stream. You know? Yeah. Not like oh, you're using bait or you're putting corn on your pheasant tail or some of the dumb shit I hear sometimes. It's like, and it's catch and release at that. You know what I mean? No yeah. one's taking it. No, it's just like, hey, if you don't mind me asking, because I usually tell anybody in a catch and release stream, it don't matter. There's no secrets here. No secrets here. Mm-hmm. You know, I gave a guy nymphs last year that day I've, I felt bad. There were some, there were some younger kids over there and there was another guy over there and like, they're just watching me. I'm like 65 fish in, in two hours. And then in this, this kid follows me actually. Cause I talked to him. He's a, he, he said, what, what are you doing? So I gave him a pheasant tail that I tie. Not doesn't look normal. But you know what I mean? I gave him that. I stopped pretty much fishing and was just watching and then they started catching fish. Fucking catch and release. There's no secrets. There's really no secrets anywhere. You know what I mean? It's not like we're surviving off these things. Right. And there's people that do, because I hear that every year too. I paid this much money for my license and our fish are only this big, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't keep my mouth shut. I said, if you're worried about this, and our license are like $32. And you can buy the steelhead Erie trout stamp and Erie permit, I think, in the license for the whole combo is like 38 or something. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. point is, if you're worried about $32, you probably should have went and spent that at the fucking grocery store instead of the fishing license. Yeah. Period. And that's the advice I'm going to give you. Hate mm-hmm. me, love me, whatever. But there's the truth. But also don't be telling me that why you got a fucking cigarette hanging out of your mouth also. Because mm-hmm. that's the way I feel about that, also. But Marty, thanks for coming on, dude. Um, you got your stickers? Huh. Which huh. stickers? Huh. What one of these? Your stickers. All right. Yeah. I dunk, the... I dunk junk. Marty's <laughs> got some rad stickers on his Etsy store. And I'm going to plug it because I don't know if he's going to remember to buy a a stickers. They're red. I've got them all over my stuff. Marty, where can everybody find you? This is a bag of stickers I get from everybody that I need to find hymns for. Yeah. (laughs) Marty, where can everybody find you, dude? Uh, Nymtasty on Instagram. That's just my name, Nymtasty. That's all I have. I don't have Facebook. Or none of that. I just do the Instagram. I actually have a YouTube channel. I just don't have anything uploaded, but <laughs> I cleaned Nymtastic when I cleaned the Instagram. Yeah. Sure. 
I had a Twitter, but obviously there was it was private, and some hooker claimed that name. She <laughs> got serious, one hundred percent. Well, Marty, uh, sure do appreciate you taking the time tonight to ha- uh, come on. Uh, I know that you had to get the kids down and everything else, and uh, you know, part of having the family and doing all that stuff, it's really important, but. Thanks for coming on tonight. We're definitely going to have to do a part two because we have so much more that we wanted to talk about, but we're, uh, we're trying to keep the episodes down to where, uh, you know, they're about an hour a run. So, uh, you know, uh, we're definitely going to have to follow up on a round two with this for sure. So thanks for coming on with us tonight. Yeah. yeah just let me know. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, sure. You can let me know. I mean, we pretty much talk every day. Yeah. Hey Dave. <laughs> Brian, I never know because it's usually working class fishing, but then I sometimes get confused because you're on that too. And it's like, am I talking to Brian? Majority, majority of the time you're talking to Brian now. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I, I manage that page the best I can. <laughs> but um, everybody, thanks for listening. Um, you can find us at Working Class Fishing on YouTube, uh, at Working Class Fishing on Instagram. Uh, workingclassfish at gmail.com for inquiries and if you got any questions or you just want to get and reach out to marty you can find us we'll get you in touch with him and uh buy his stickers because they're red and until next time y'all take care and see you